0: Alright, if you want to come and grab your chair, that would be great. If you're visiting with us, you can have a free coffee with us at the cafe afterwards. We'd love to say hello. Alright, well if I, I um, we want to do something, another special thing just this morning, um, just so everyone uh, is filled in on how we go, I'm just trying to make sure it's the right time, I think it is, but um, anyway, Andrew and Amanda, would you guys come up just down here, and um, just face every, all the beautiful faces, so we can see you. This is Andrew and Amanda Marsh, everyone, and um, Andrew and Amanda have joined us on staff on our pastoral team this week, and uh, it's the first week this week, or last week, yeah, this as in last week, and, um, and they're just very, very gifted couple, and they have multi-talented all sorts of uh, things they can uh, help us out with, and, and we're just blessed to have them as part of the team and the family, and... Um, In a couple of months' time, we're going to have an ordination service where um, our pastoral team, we will ordain them. It sounds very formal, but basically it's, um, you know, bless them and release them and and have a day, a stamping, a marking whereby we um, stand with them and commit with them um, for an ordination of God's anointing and fresh gifting and and calling upon them so we'll do that in a couple of months time but today I just wanted maybe you guys want to just say something for one minute say hello or something (laughs) (laughs) hello everyone how are you it's great. No, look, it's really exciting. We uh, we just have had such a blessed week in the office and just spending time and doing life with people. Um, obviously, in previous jobs, we weren't able to be here uh, in the context of Sundays. So it's a blessing now to be here every week and get down at Odinga as well um, and just get to know people, do life with people. Um, and uh, yeah, praise God in the process. So uh, yeah, if uh, if you want to have coffee, like we're here during the week. So I know Marty will talk about you know how that'll all work, but we'd love to just have a chat, come into the cafe and and just, yeah, get to know everyone. So, yeah, let's start doing that. Thanks. So, um, Andrew was the head of Compassion Australia here in in Adelaide um, and they've both really um, taken a strong roll with Compassion, um, Amanda a lot with media and marketing and uh, very gifted in all of that and obviously you've seen the fruit of that with a lot of our stuff that you see every Sunday um, and so we're really blessed to have them part of the team. They're, they're coming on particularly um, to look after, help look after the life of our church, the people of our church, connecting us, bonding us so you'll see some new things in the in the coming year I suppose. Uh, we're going to improve our, our welcoming and our new Christians and some of our programs in that sense, but also our connecting of you guys, of us, connecting us together. So um, they're very, very gifted and advanced in some of these latest technology ways of churches doing stuff together to, to make life better and so we can communicate better. And, um, and so where we're illiterate. These guys are very gifted. Um, <laughs> But you know the, the greatest thing also is God has brought them here and bonded them to us, and so um, you're going to love them. Uh, you can get to know them, and um, um, yeah, it's going to be great. Why don't we stand? Just pr- let's pray for them, Karen. Why don't you come out and let's just pray a quick prayer of blessing over them. Father, we thank you so much for Andrew and Amanda. We thank you for bringing them to us. We thank you for the family bonds that we have together. We thank you for your spirit and your presence upon their lives. And we thank you for your hand upon them, Lord. We look forward to the days ahead with incredible excitement, Lord. And we bless them now in Jesus' name. We ask that you would fill them afresh, Lord, for these days and times. And we ask for incredible wisdom, Lord, and blessing upon them. We thank you for them. We ask that their lives would be so extravagantly blessed Lord through connecting here with us that you would just radically pour yourself upon them and we thank you for them in every way in Jesus name All right, it's good, isn't it? You know, it's worth you guys knowing, and this is probably the case for most pastors, but when people become pastors of a church like On Staff, normally they they take a demotion, not a promotion in the natural sense, but it's a promotion in the spiritual sense. And, you know, so it's a real faith journey, and these guys are on that same journey of faith, believing God to to, uh, provide for them financially and everything else. And so I suppose if you've ever wondered, Where does our tithes and offerings go? It goes to supporting beautiful people like us, like these guys and Rocky and Ellie and Ryan Louise, which helps us shepherd the flock, which is actually biblical. That's what the Bible talks about. And so, uh, and obviously pays for everything else. But it is a faith journey because, you know, in churches we're not able to pay, you know, wages to be able to attract people normally from the marketplace to here. It has to be a calling and uh, that's what we felt, that's what the other guys have felt, that's what Andrew and Amanda have felt, but it's a faith, it's a step out in faith. And so um, we honour that and we bless that because it's a, it's a real journey. Anyway, so today, obviously it's a, it's a special day with the, the baptisms and um, I've got to say, yeah, we're going to have to do that more regularly um, because it's interesting um, most of you who know me will know that I am not the type of person to tangibly feel or, or um, you know, feel the presence of God really overtly, like some people do. And, and we accept all different ways that God moves. But it's interesting, as soon as I stepped into that water, I felt the presence of God. Um, and, and it just reminded me, it, this is not just some little ritual that we do. This is a spiritual endowment of power that flows supernaturally. We can't explain it in the natural, but supernaturally there's a transaction that takes place when we die and then we rise again. And um, and yeah, it just reminded me today, so we have to do that more often in any way, shape and form. But, and we got the temperature right this time. Thank you, Jesus. Um, thank you, Leisha, actually. <laughs> but... Um, we are just so blessed, aren't we? Yeah. Have you had a good week of thanking God for things? Anyone really do that this week, just writing thankful things down? I mean, isn't it amazing when you begin to do that, just writing or thinking on the thankfulness and all this stuff? I spoke about it last week, and it, it's just, um, it never ends, actually. It never ends. You can always find more to thank Him for. And so. Um, I've, I've found that just an amazing way to connect and to grow. But you might have noticed I've got a little prop here this morning. Actually, it's not really a prop, but anyway, I'll hold it up. This is an ancient holy Bible. We don't even call them holy Bibles anymore, but um, you can see it's falling apart. And there's another one in there that's even older, I think even 30 or 40 years Uh, older but i couldn't really even pick it up it's huge and it's falling apart and i know ryan's been in there occasionally just looking through because you know it's fascinating looking at some of these old um artifacts if you like but this is an old copy of the word of god and a lot of it we wouldn't even understand today you know we're talking sometimes hundreds of years old some of this stuff and um the reason i've got it here this morning is because this morning i want to speak on resurrection power does that sound good um resurrection power and there's around this time of year there's you know there'll be probably millions of sermons preached in the next yeah, you know, this week next week the week after on uh, like ryan shared about palm sunday then coming up to easter and easter the death and resurrection and there'll be so many sermons preached on that and it's like a a refreshing of the gospel all over the earth isn't it around this time of year where uh, it's almost like a fresh baptism of the gospel on the earth during easter and um when i was looking at this this old thing i was thinking so many of the world uh, so much of the world out there thinks this is what, what christianity is old and tattered and maybe irrelevant and you know it's easy to look at that and certainly in my younger days i would have looked at that and said oh well that looks like religion boring tradition and you know who would really want to read that But we know, and particularly at this time of year, we know that the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, this message, this Savior, this one that we have proclaimed and that we say we love and we want to serve him and honor him, is so much greater than something like this. But this is what a lot of Christianity is represented by. And when the world sees this, they might see an old and tattered person in, in dry religion, not living out of the flow of the Spirit, not living out of something that's real and living and powerful. And, and this morning, I got a fresh little reminder of that. I mean, obviously, it was special for me because Natalia got baptized. Um, but for, for all of them, it, it's a significant, significant thing. And sometimes we can forget that. Sometimes even our Christianity can become a little bit like this can get a little bit old, a little bit tattered. Maybe the pages haven't been turned for a while. Maybe we feel like it's got a bit dry. But when we remember the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, the life-giving force and truth and hope of humankind, or mankind, I should say, this keeps us fresh and turns us into a very, very new, nice leathery thing that Karen bought me a few years ago. And it's soft and it's fresh. And, and you know, she always said, we, we want one that curled when you hold it like that. You know, <laughs> it's just one of those funny things. Anyway, I want to um, read you a quote. Timothy Keller, who wrote The Reason for God, he said this, If Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all that he said. If he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about any of what he said? The issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not you like his teaching, but whether or not he rose from the dead. This is the pivotal truth message that the world right now needs more than ever. Um, I did a very strange thing today. I was driving a lot this week. I think on Thursday I drove for seven or eight hours. Friday, was it? Friday. I drove back from Bordertown at like... 5am, the rain was pouring down, I could barely even see, Um, but anyway, God protected me, Um, and coffee, and a a chocolate McMuffin, chocolate muffin, how's that? But anyway, I felt terrible afterwards. (laughs) But I had a lot of time to listen to the radio, and uh, some of you who know her a little politically aware, you'll know that the Senate sat for a marathon sitting for thirty odd hours. And well, I listened to a lot of those hours. Can you believe I would even bother doing that? But I did. I couldn't tune into too much else, and so I was listening to this. And I mean, it was obviously about a a, about a particular issue, which is done now. Um, But. There was a lot of mention in and around that and by the commentary uh, about the Safe Schools program, um, which some of you will know about, and obviously it's very controversial, but the undercurrent of the Safe Schools program, unfortunately, has a very, very, very strong message um, uh, which is one that we wouldn't stand by as Christians. Obviously, the LGBTI uh, industry have really got in there and pushed this very hard, hard. And if you don't know what I mean, you can Google it later. But, um, and so it's been really controversial this week. Praise God, it's been diluted down. And okay, maybe not quite to the degree that we want, but we've always got to thank him for the little wins, right? And so... Um, but I was thinking about that this week, and I was thinking, you know, and even Corey Bernardi, one of the MPs, his office got stormed and and uh, damaged by some of these really pro-LGBTI activists, and you could hear them on the radio. I mean, these these guys get militant, right? And so um, it was interesting. I was listening to this, and I was just literally in the car saying, Jesus, we need your power more today than probably, certainly any time I've been alive, um, but with this stirring all across the world. Obviously, there's extremism in some religious areas, but then there's extremism in social areas. And, and so there's an undercurrent pushing against us. And if Christianity just is viewed by the world like this and stays like this to the world, it's going gonna, it's gonna to not really be relevant. It's not going to mean a lot. And so we have to remain fresh, fresh in the life. And Paul says it like this, um, live by the Spirit and stay in the Spirit. Because if we don't live by the Spirit and stay in the Spirit, we're probably going to be like this. And you know what? It doesn't take long. As Christians, it really doesn't take long to begin feeling like this, maybe irrelevant, maybe our prayer life has just disappeared, and the dust begins to settle on. And, you know, the pages get really hard to open, and when we open them, the pages actually tear. I actually tore one a little bit in there. Sorry, Lord. Um, I'm still alive. Um, (laughs) But it's interesting how our own faith in the Saviour, the resurrected King can become like this. So we need to be continued and this is why we worship every single week. I've said it for 7 years now we've been pastors pretty much and and for all of those years I've said it every now and then I have not met a Christian who doesn't worship in a constant group with fellowship like we're doing this morning who stays fresh in the spirit. I've not met one in my 40 years of Christianity. So if someone says, oh, you can be a Christian, but you don't have to go to church, the fundamental truth is that's right. But are you going to stay in the spirit? Are you going to stay fresh? Are you actually going to be praying every day? Do you have the lifeblood of Jesus flowing through, loving other people, helping other people? It's very, very difficult. I say nearly impossible to do unless family is meeting together and worshiping together. And so, to keep that lifeblood flowing through us, the resurrection power, I think, is a message that we, you know, it's almost like we, we need it you know, fairly regularly. Once a year is not enough. And um, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, actually, no, I will start in Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, why don't you go there with me? I want to le- read a little passage of this. Romans chapter 6. Verse 1 says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. And this is what those three young people did this morning. It's a a representation of being buried and then being brought back to life with Christ Jesus. It's a powerful, powerful thing. For if we have become united with him in his likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin... For he who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been rise, raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. I'll, I'll Just park it there for a minute. This is the message of Jesus Christ. And just like that quote I said, there's plenty of people that think that Jesus was a nice man. There's plenty of religions that think that Jesus was just a prophet, or maybe just someone who was just another religious leader that passed through the times of history, like Muhammad or Buddha or someone like this. But there was something different about Jesus Christ. There was something different that no other man has achieved. There's something different that no other religion can claim. And it is the craziest message of all. It really is. To our flesh and to our humanity, the message of Jesus Christ, the risen Savior, is one of the most crazy, just absolutely far out messages. But that's why it's miraculous. That's why, because you and I in our humanity, we need something that's far beyond us to save us. We don't just need someone that we can intellectually understand. Why? Because then soon we could become like them and we could learn as much as them and know what they know. They can't do anything for me. Someone who's full of themselves and maybe a university professor or someone who espouses all sorts of different ideologies, ideologies about life. And I was reading a little bit about Charles Darwin uh, this week and just reading his story. He was a very, very, very strong, passionate believer of Jesus Christ in his early life very strong. And it was, you know, on the times that he spent um, on sailing around and all this sort of stuff, he got more and more and more disillusioned, more and more confused, and, and more and more disillusioned by this type of Christianity. Because this type of Christianity, no one really wants. No one wants something dead and dry. And the word of God is still alive in this, don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is, it can get crusty. And, so, and, and even not even get relevant, if I read some of this out this morning, I mean, half of us wouldn't even understand what, what the message is. So we have to keep that spirit of truth coming in a language and contextualize it so that our generation now and the next generation can understand who, the goodness of God. Not just a, a religious form or something that we're used to. And so that's why staying flexible and, and operating in the spirit is one that needs that agility of the spirit. And so... Paul also says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12, uh, But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. And so is your faith. He's saying here that it's the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that is the pivotal message of who we are. The reason we're here this morning is because Jesus Christ died and rose again. If he just died, he still would have been better than any other man or woman who had lived the earth because he died absolutely perfect, sinless. He never sinned. And so that sacrifice would have still been absolutely miraculous and it would have been worthy of still the history books recording the life of Jesus Christ. It's just a phenomenal message. And I mean, I like uh, sort of um, middle, sort of, um, you know, period uh, and, and dark ages actually war sort of stories and that sort of thing. And you often see the hero, you know, he's, he's, he's certainly not perfect by any stretch, um, but he seems perfect when he wins the day, you know. And, and then you, you look at these guys and history still holds accounts of these great warriors. They certainly weren't perfect very far from it. But they did something great for their community or their region or their city or their nation. And so we still take account of that. We would have still been a, a people that would have recognized Jesus Christ if, even if he stayed in the grave. It, that's how good it gets even up to that stage. But how much better the fact that he resurrected from the dead. He, he rose from the grave. I mean, this is, this, this is where it, it begins to get crazy. Because some people will say, well, hang on, this, you know, this is a message that I can't even comprehend. But this is the message that we need. We need to believe in a God that has something that we don't have. When we're depressed or we're sick or we're empty or we're nervous or we don't know what to do with our own lives, that's when we need a resurrected God, not a dead God. A dead God would be a good story, and even a dead God about Jesus living a perfect life, doing some miracles. I mean, it's phenomenal. And then he died, and what a beautiful life the life of Jesus Christ was, but it didn't end there. The resurrection power is where it really begins. I I read a commentary that said, actually, that's where the gospel really begins, with the rising of our Saviour. And it's where then, we get to participate, because Jesus Christ paid for under, under the law, we, we've seen we've already seen, you know, centuries and centuries of sacrifices of animals made because trying to atone for man's sin, man, continually sins and sins and sins. And so their sacrifices always had to be made to try and make it right with God. Try, there had to be a sacrifice to make it right to God, because God requires judgment on sin, and so atone for sin, sin had to be made. There may, had to be make, made an atonement for, or an atonement, as that word means. And so, to do that, there needed to be the shedding of blood the shedding of life. And so for hundreds and hundreds of years, there'd been the shedding of blood. And even other religions do this. They make sacrifices to their God. And then Jesus Christ comes along and he makes a fulfillment of thousands of years of this in one act, in one man, in one sacrifice, one shedding of one's blood, of perfect, pure blood. And this is now what flows through you and me. When we believe in Jesus Christ, his life, his blood, his body comes into us. And we now become the embodiment of God. It's, it's an amazing message, isn't it? This message is, is, it's a message that offends those who don't like Christianity. Because it's an offense. But it shouldn't be. The one thing that is an offense is the life-saving truth that they need. And so I suppose what I'm saying is this really has to be our major. There's a lot of things in Christianity we can major on. We can major on our style, our songs, our you know the little things that we believe, maybe we're charismatic, maybe we're non-charismatic, maybe we're a you know this church or a, that church or a, you know maybe we do you know short or long or you know the 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 amount of interpretations of the body of Christ is fascinating and it's great. There's nothing wrong with it. But if we get too focused on that stream and too focused on how we do church rather than on the living savior of Jesus Christ and his resurrection power, that's what we stand for. See, the thing is, and we, Karen and I asked, um, one of the great leaders who we had through a few years ago, Charles Stock. He's got a great church in, um, Pennsylvania. And, um, you know, he's got a lot of wisdom. Uh, James Gold calls him a master builder. So when we've gone off to James Gold, he's regularly said to us, you need to keep in touch with Charles Stock. Keep he's a master builder. And so um, anyway, we need to do that. But There's so many people to keep in touch with. But anyway, it's, it's fascinating to, to meet with these guys and just see how have you journeyed through, you know, so many years of leading large groups of people? And we asked him about this issue of how much do you major on the political climate and political issues going on? Because, you know, to be honest with you, we could spend all day, we, even now, we could give you updates every week of what's going on in Parliament, what's going on here. We have to fight this cause, fight this cause. But then, then what we become is this militant group of people that are always fighting against something. And it's very easy to do because the fear of the enemy will play on our fear. He puts fear on us and says, if you don't do this, the world is gonna cave in. And when we get that fear, we know it's not the spirit of God. Because the spirit of God rises up in hope. And it's not that we have to ignore this stuff. Believe me, I'm a fighter, right? I'll go for it. I've signed every petition against this thing in every name that I could concoct up in my mind that relates to Martin. Manuel, right? Um, so I'll go for it, I'll fight, and I'll speak the truth, but I'm telling you, if, if, if I do that all day long, I forget about the resurrection power of Jesus Christ to sweep across a city and a nation and a parliament, and even those who are militantly against Christians and maybe live lifestyles that are completely against him, it's the one thing they need is the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. They don't need this. To be honest with you, it's probably what they're fighting because they've got people hammering this at them, beating them over the head with the old time religion, where oh, you're going to burn in hell, yeah, because you live this kind of lifestyle. Well, the truth is, so are the people out there who live very, very good lives, but still don't know Jesus Christ. It's exactly the same. The ruler is the same. Just because we might not like a certain sin, it doesn't matter. We're not the judge. He is the judge. And so this is why for me, keeping it fresh and keeping the resurrected Christ as our central message will always bring hope. It will always bring hope. And I'll probably have to continually slap myself every month and just say, hang on, remember the main thing. You know, there's the saying, keep the main thing, the main thing. And I think that's a really good message for every Christian church. Keep the gospel. Keep Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ, as the main central message, not our little bent of what we're for or what we're against. And that's one thing that Charles Stock said to us. You know, he doesn't preach and hammer his people about what they're against, but he will speak constantly about what they're for. And this is a powerful thing because it's an advancing message. It's a hopeful message. It's not a fear or act out of fear. When we react out of fear, we're probably play, playing the enemy's game because he knows he can get us. Okay, I'm going to put fear on them, fear on them, fear on them. And normally we'll jab in the side rather than taking it out properly, you know, to use a militant term. But do you know what I mean? It's, there's, there's a message of hope and love that we have to have. And believe me, I find this difficult. I find it difficult in in the whole agenda of the gay and lesbian community right now. I find it really difficult. So I have to remind myself, Jesus would love these guys. Jesus would love these guys. Now, it doesn't mean we have to take everything that's been thrown at us. We still have a message of truth, and it will convict sin. But if we don't have the message of the risen Christ... And that is that these guys, anyone who doesn't believe in Jesus, if they believe in the death and the resurrection of a living Savior and His name is Jesus, then every single person can be reformed, saved, healed, delivered, and will be united with their Savior. Because they're some of the most hurting people in the world. I heard that admitted actually on radio. That that, that community is some of the most hurting in Australia, the social system is really at a loggerhead's how to deal with that. We have to have the answer. We have to have the answer. And it's not in a religion that looks like this. It's not in something dead. And, and you know, it's, in, it's very, very living. N.T. Wright wrote a book called "The Surprised by Hope. And in it, he says, Jesus' resurrection is the beginning of God's new project. Not to snatch people away from earth to heaven, but to colonize earth. With the life of heaven, that after all is what the Lord's prayer is all about. Isn't that a great thought? That actually, you know, the the moment that we realize Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, it's not just to all sort of vacuum us up to heaven and take us out of the community and have no impact in our families and in our region, but actually it's the beginning where heaven connects with us and the living Savior breathes his life into us and brings us to life. To be a people of healing and of power and of love, and I think that it's interesting. I remember Cheyan speaking. Uh, I don't know whether it's to us or I've heard him speaking on this, but he was saying that during the Jesus People Movement in uh, the late '60s, uh, there were some—you know—hundreds of thousands of young people. Uh, just absolutely washed into the, into the kingdom of God, born again, and you, know, you can see baptism services where thousands upon thousands of young people in California getting saved, uh, uh, sorry, getting baptized, so many were coming into the kingdom, and I heard it said, I think it was uh, Dr. Michael Brown or someone like that saying that you, know, you only had to sneeze at people and they got born again back in that time. It was, it was just that atmosphere of heaven in a community or in regions, and it touched Australia, it touched Europe, it touched everywhere. And, um, and so, you know, we asked the Lord to move like that again. But one thing Cheyenne said that was interesting, in, in he got saved, a drug addict got saved in the Jesus People movement, so it was very relevant for him. And he's in California, which is where it really was the heightened position of it. And so he, I remember him saying that... Um, He looks back now and he can see a few years of God's glorious presence being poured out. And there were signs and wonders and miracles happening as well. But so many salvations. And and there was such an awareness of the return of Jesus Christ in that time. It was like the preaching was Jesus is coming any day, any hour. He could be here now. And so what happened is a whole generation... Didn't necessarily think about tomorrow. They didn't think about next year. They didn't think about a, a setting up a lineage of the presence of God throughout their families and get married and kids and and raise a heritage of the gospel. Uh, not a lot of them studied. A lot of them quit university and quit their careers to go and preach. It was an amazing thing. But apostolically now, I suppose there's been a uh, uh, there's an understanding that actually we're we're meant to do something with heaven when it invades us. We're meant to do something with the kingdom of God and, 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 and bring it to our community and ask the Lord to use it to make it relevant to our people and for his power and his love to impact the nations. And so it's something that we can even look back to now and we can say, Lord, show us how to do this thing called um, the calling of God and the, when his presence fills us and we're on fire. How do we do this and still keep a heritage going? How do we do this for today and tomorrow? Because it's about both. And so I think this is a great challenge for us to be thinking about, thinking and praying even into our families and asking the Lord to bring about a lineage, a lineage of the kingdom of God throughout our families, a heritage of the gospel. And um, I want to summarize what I'm saying today um, by reading from Romans chapter 8, verse 11. And it says, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. It's not just a message that we are just to project onto other people. Um, you, You often see, I don't know if you've ever seen the, sort of extreme street preachers down in Rundle Mall, but it's full on and it's, it's quite opposite to the cause of the gospel in some ways. I know they've got good hearts and they believe in the Lord, but it's this militant aggression that I don't see anyone getting saved under that. But when we think about it, when we see people just hammering other people and hammering them, you know, trying to hammer them, it, it actually looks like this. It, it makes the gospel look like this. And it's heavy. (laughs) It's heavy. This thing, believe me, is heavy. The other one in there, I could barely lift it. It's twice as thick. It's really heavy. It brings condemnation. But the Spirit of God that is in us brings life. It brings truth. It brings hope. It brings destiny. It brings things to life that even people who are supposedly dead still come to life. Because every single human being is made in the image of God. That means every single human being has the capacity to believe in their Savior, Jesus Christ. Not one person who's ever been created did not have the capacity to become a radical believer of Jesus. Because we're made in His image. And so the calling of God is for everyone. And if we have a heavy, heavy, heavy message of condemnation, or what you're doing is wrong. I mean, you think about it. It's, it's, I mean, in America, it's, it's even far more extreme than it is here but the message of condemnation brings a militant fear it doesn't bring hope it doesn't bubble up the life of the spirit doesn't mean we don't have a message of truth because we do have a message of truth but first comes love doesn't it it's a difficult thing for, it to, for us to get our head around and when i heard some people on the radio this week really going at it and you know graffiting and everything i thought wow it's a real decision to love sometimes It's a real decision to love, and I pray God gives me the grace to do it at the times when I need it most, because that's when it can be the hardest. I'll read you one more quote from a lot of you have read uh, Brennan Manning's book. It's, It's called Abba's Child. It says, For me, the most radical demand of Christian faith lies in summoning the courage to say yes to the present risenness of Jesus Christ. See, he's risen. He's risen. Right now, we believe in a risen God, not a dead God. A risen Jesus Christ. He is alive in us. Here this morning, his kingdom is present by the Spirit of God in us. Sometimes we we look or wait for a glory cloud to come and descend upon us, even in a meeting, or we want the presence of God to come. And then, you know, sometimes, and even this morning in the baptismal, I realize, actually, it's him in us. Him in us. We are the carriers of His presence. We are the carriers of the risen Jesus Christ. I mean, it blows your mind, doesn't it? Absolutely blows your mind. So when there's sickness, we need to just go in. (laughs) Go in. Go in and find Him. When there's hopelessness, when there's darkness, when there's fear, when there's things coming against us, the risen Jesus Christ is within. He's within us. Now, you might not have enough... Uh, courage or faith or whatever it might be. So find him in someone else. And when the fruit of the Spirit is speaking through someone else, we're actually eating the fruit of the tree of life in them. The tree of life, Jesus Christ, he is the tree of life. And when that fruit is being born on someone's life, you want to eat of it. You want to hear what they've got to say. You want to hang around them. You want to say, how did you do that? You're eating off their fruit. When we're questioning people, and we do this, Karen and I, we're like sponges around apostolic leaders. When we're around them, and I was with Duncan and Kate. I said that last week. I I had four hours with them in the car, and Duncan and I, we just didn't stop, actually. I mean, they hadn't slept for a day and a half, but Duncan's good at speaking. Um, Anyway, so he... I've I've hooked them up to come, I think, in November, but we'll just, we'll see. Anyway, um, but um, yeah, we're just talking and talking. I was just asking questions. All right, how do you do this? How have you worked this? How have you worked that? We've done the same with Shampa and Wayne and Irene and James Goal and all these great leaders. And and we learn from them when we glean from them. Why? Because we want to eat from the fruit of the tree of life that they're bearing. And it's the risen Jesus Christ that they're bearing that fruit. If someone's not bearing that fruit, it may be looking like this getting a bit crusty. The religion's getting a bit old. We want to be supple. We want to be agile. We want to be those whom others want to eat of our fruit. And I pray and I hope that even those who are militantly against us, you know, they're actually not against us because it's the one thing that they fear the most, the thing that they need the most. But unless we have enough love and, and we actually build some sort of bridge and trust, the message may not get through. And a demonstration of power may be the thing that really breaks through. I don't know. I don't know. But it's, it's to accompany our message, we need the fruit. Why don't you stand? Thank you. Awesome. I want us just to take a minute to apply... The resurrection power of Jesus Christ to every area of our life, every area of our life. You, you may want to call it appropriating the work of Jesus Christ to who you are as your being, your spirit, your soul, your body, your thoughts, your decisions, your job, your family, your, the things you're going to do this week next week, next month, next year, let's spend a moment just asking the Lord to refresh us with his resurrection power and to bring to life maybe things that are dead, maybe dreams that are dead, bring them to life with the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Maybe there's sickness, ask his blood and his body to go through you like the power of the risen Christ going through your body and bring healing and to bring life. Maybe there's depression. Apply the blood of Jesus to your depression and allow the resurrection power of Jesus Christ to fill you afresh today. So Lord, we ask you today to perform miracles, to perform miracles in our bodies In our spirits, in our souls, we speak to depression and we apply the blood of Jesus that the resurrected Jesus Christ died on the cross. And by your stripes, right now, we speak healing to bodies in Jesus' name. Be healed in the name of Jesus. The resurrected Jesus Christ died for our bodies and for our spirits. And so we apply that blood to us now any negativity, any fears, any areas where we do not know the answer, where you have hopelessness or just a desperation or a darkness. I speak light to those situations. I speak truth to those situations in Jesus' mighty name. You might be here this morning and you've heard what I've said and you've realized that you've never fully given your life to Jesus Christ in a way that is all-encompassing your life. I want you just to ask yourself, Am I a son or a daughter of of the Most High? Am I a son or a daughter? Is Jesus Christ living in me? Right now, ask yourself that question. If you can't answer a big, resounding, yes, he is, I want you to slip up your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come out the front. I want you to put up your hand right now. I just want to pray over you, pray with you. You put up your hand. If you're just not sure this morning whether Jesus lives in you and his power lives in you, put it up right now. Thanks. Yeah, there's a couple of people. Just keep your hands up. I want to just give another minute or two for anyone else. If you're here this morning and you are not connected to Jesus Christ in the way you know you should be, put your hand up really quickly and I want to pray with you. Awesome, awesome. What we're going to do now, I want everyone just to pray with me this morning. I'm going to pray a prayer where Jesus can come and connect with your life and we're all going to pray it after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for your death and resurrection. I ask today that you would forgive me of all my sin. I repent of everything against you. And I ask you to wash me in your blood. Come and live in me. Make me a new person, risen with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Just give those couple of people a round of applause. I want to connect with you a bit afterwards and, and I'll, I'll make that happen. But I want to encourage you. I still feel there's a couple of people here this morning and you weren't quite bold enough to put up your hand. You weren't sure what that really meant. You've seen how easy it was, but you can talk to me after, talk to Rocky or Ellie or Ryan or one of us afterwards and you can make that commitment because uh, we're, we're going to ask the Lord even for 2016 for greater fruit and salvations than we've ever seen. We saw about 50 young people saved last year. And so we want to ask the Lord for even more this year, not so that we can compete with ourselves, but so that the Lord's message and His love can just penetrate the darkness and His light would reach out into this community. Can we believe for that together? Yeah, awesome, awesome. Well, what should we do now, (laughs) dar? I tell you what, come up and sing song number three. Let's worship together. a little bit. Is that okay? Yeah, just get straight into it if you can. Guys, yeah, jog up here, Zeph. I know he's got a sore back. Give the worship team a round of applause. They're amazing. And um, yeah, just raise your hands right now. I just want to pray a general prayer over us just as we get ready to worship. And you guys can start whenever you're ready. Lord, we ask this morning, That even in the testimony of Jesus that we've seen, that we've felt, and we've heard this morning. Lord, that you would help us, help me, to be a greater witness for the name of Jesus. And Lord, we ask that your message, your love, would be released all over this region. Lord, that you would move with a fresh move of your Spirit in us. Begin it in us, Lord. Begin it in me, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, let's worship together.